Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. In 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 12, reading all the way down, it says that having your, your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for, for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servant of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to those, uh, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently? But if when you do well, and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even thereunto, uh, hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, revi reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to come before you with your word. We pray that you will speak your word to us. We pray that you will, let, you will open the heavens upon us. Reveal yourself to us. Let us have encounters in you. Let us see you in a unique way. Let us experience you in a unique way. Thank you for your word. As we get into your word, we pray that let us behold wondrous things from your word because our, our eyes have been enlightened. Anoint our eyes with eyes out that we will see. Circumcise our ears that we will hear. Open our ears that we will hear. Sanctify our ears that we will hear. Thank you for your word says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Speak to us, O Holy Spirit of God, and reveal Christ, Christ to us and Christ in your word and Christ in us. Lord, that we will grow from faith to faith, grace to grace, glory to glory, all to, your, to the praise of your holy name. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Last, in our, our previous teaching, I, I spoke about 
what is caries and i'm picking up from the part two why caries so what is caries and i spoke about uh, primarily focused on first Peter chapter 2 verse 12 and verse 19 where verse 12 uh, verse 19 says that for this is thank and i explained that the word thanks thank is caries okay is caries translated as grace in some other translations so this is grace this is caries this is grace this is caries and he said what is caries and it summarizes everything caries is if a man for conscience towards god and your grief and grief suffering wrongfully so for conscience towards god somebody is suffering wrongfully but because of their conscience towards god endures grief this is important they said this is thankworthy now it is an um explanation from the verse 12 so as so genesis verse 12 goes on to tell us that having our conversation that is our behavior uh, the pattern of our lives honest the greek word is kalos that's excellent that is honorable commendable beautiful handsome admirable comparable so that is honest amongst the gentiles that whereas watch this they speak evil uh, they speak against you as evil doers they may by your good works you have to if the, you have a bible and it's open you can underline the word the phrase good works good works so by your good works now so what are they saying good works which is um the what is thank what is carry so carries is good works which people see and glorify god carries is good works that is produced by christ in us the workings of christ within which is expressed without to the glory of god where god gives acceptance to it and i'll tell you what um how why it is necessary so um i want us to pick up again the verse 12 that, that they may by your good works glorify god so you notice good works and when you go down to verse 15 it says that for so so is the will of god that you with well doing the same thing good works well doing that's caries all right so the the manifestation of caries good works is well doing you are doing well in fact um galatians chapter um 6 i think verse 9 or 10 it says that for um uh is uh, that uh, let us not be weary of well doing don't be tired because it comes with its benefits all right notice that we'll come we'll come to that so uh uh, uh so let us not be weary so it says well doing if first peter well doing that uh, this of this is the will of god that with well doing you will put to silence so now the same word so uh, like the same expression so good works now he uses the word well doing and then when you re- read the verse 16 as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of righteousness but watch this but as the servants of god so good works manifesting as uh well doing described as uh, 
serving God because we are servants of God. So servants of God. So the manifestation of servants of God actually produces good works, produces well-doing. Okay, so it's the same, well-doing. And this, these are all the, the expressions of the thank worthy, the charis, which is a, so when you it doesn't matter what you go through, especially when you go through something that is supposed to produce different works, something different from good works, and yet you still produce good works. That's why Jesus said, When someone slaps you on the right, turn the, the other cheek. No, it's not saying go around letting people slap you, but what he's trying to say is that what is not natural with men by the oh oh, watch this, watch this. Not by the human strength, but by the workings, by the workings of the Spirit of God from within, as a result, watch this, as a result of one's consciousness of God. Consciousness of God. One's consciousness of God. See, as you walk with God, you are aware of His presence, you are conscious of Him. You keep your mind on him. It allows the grace that has been put in you at redemption. When you become born again, yeah? When you become born again, the grace of God comes into you. God puts his grace. In other words, God begins to work within you, which is called grace. Grace is God at work. God begins to work within you. And your consciousness and your awareness and compliance and conformity to the working inside is what works outside. I, it says that work out, work out. So the salvation is already worked in. Work out your salvation. You are supposed to do it with such reverence and carefulness, cautiousness. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. With cautiousness and extreme care. Because you are trying to let something glorious that has been imparted into you be uh, gain an expression in your living. In your living. Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Second Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are vessels of clay, vessels of dust, yet there is so much treasure in us, it's incomprehensible. It is simply mind-blowing. And it is simply, as I said, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, masterpiece from damaged merchandise. So it's we are God's masterpiece. And the center of God's masterpiece is not just on uh, it's in us first it has been worked in us so we have to work it out how do we work it out we work it out through number one our consciousness of god look, so look at the verse 20 uh, before i come to verse 20 let me just so well doing verse 16 says that as servants of god and then you jump to verse 19 it says that for this is thanks thank worthy this is carries so all what we saw good works well doing serving or servants of God as servants of God as people who render service rendering service to God say you are serving God by behaving a certain way it's not only when you sit in church and say hallelujah and you are dancing praise and worship that shows you are a servant of God what shows you are a servant of God is a whole range of stuff and none of them should be left out you are you serve in church you go to church and you also behave in a certain way well-being well-doing Okay, good behavior, not well-being, I mean well-doing, good behavior. These are all signs of a servant of God. 
So being a someone who is serving God is not getting up, just getting up and going to a church and then sitting there, here preaching and go back home. We say, well, I mean, I worship God. I serve God. No, not, not really. He said, present your bodies, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as a living sacrifice. So it's a living sacrifice. It's not one-off. It's a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. New NIV says, your reasonable, acceptable worship. It's a spiritual act of worship. So it is an amplified uh, process uh, which is your reasonable service and spiritual worship. So the way you present your body is important. It's a whole range of your living office and everything. So that is what he's talking about, that this is grace, that there is something that you are living out which normal men cannot easily live out at all times. And you are not living out because you are so strong in yourself. Someone says that, you know me, my temperament, sometimes I get very angry very quickly. That's why I'm strong. No, it's not based, your, the patience you are exhibiting, the fruit of the spirit, the patience you are exhibiting is not based on your personal strength, but it's based on an inward working of God from, from your inner man. Okay, that's very important. Not based on your personal discipline or strength, but it's based on a, on an inward working. So as you turn, as I said the other time, turn to the Lord. When we turn to the looking unto Jesus, okay, looking away from something unto Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12 verse uh, for two, looking away from something unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you turn to Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter. 3 verse 16 said when one turns to the spirit or turns to the lord so you turn it's an intentional activity so you turn you choose by virtue of that word consciousness so let's go back to it verse 19 said for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards god and i explained that the word conscience also means uh, consciousness okay so the conscious consciousness of god conscience towards god is the same meaning the root word the greek word translated conscience sounds something like the uh, sunidasis so sunidasis so the sunidasis that's the greek word it can mean conscience it can also mean consciousness now in, in what way does consciousness and conscience meet it's very easy to explain it Please watch me very carefully and listen to me. Don't, I don't want you to miss, miss this. When the Bible uses sunidasis, which is consciousness of God. Now, as you comply or you are aware, being conscious is the, the alertness, awareness of the workings, okay, of the internal workings of God. All right, internal workings of God. So you are aware of the fellowship. You are you are conscious of your fellowship with God. Now that consciousness of your fellowship with God, your relationship with God, which produces or consciousness of your relationship with God, which produces a life or a living that is uh, an intimate walk with God. So you are so conscious that it ends up being aware of God. You are aware of your, you are a child of God. You are aware that God is with you. You are aware that you are a Christian. And because of that, it produces a certain intimate fellowship with God at all times in your life. Watch this. And that intimate fellowship with God is what you can call having or keeping uh, a, a good conscience. So the people in the in, in, in the Bible, when someone says they are keeping good conscience with God or having good conscience, First uh, Timothy 
chapter 1. Let's look at it. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. The end of the law. He said the end of the law is love from a pure heart. This is very important. So the end of the law, the purpose of the commandments, the purpose of the command. King James uses the end. Look at King James. The end of the commandments. That's the, the purpose. Okay, let's go back to New King James. So the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart. Watch this. From a good conscience. Good conscience. Good conscience. Good conscience is a necessary aspect of your work with God. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. It says that having faith and good conscience. So good conscience is, your conscience is the internal system that is able to distinguish from wrong and right, which condemns wrong and commends right. It's inside you. So when you go a certain way, it's, there's an internal warning sign, warning system. It's built. Sometimes people may not even know that's what you are feeling. You might say something to somebody and everybody will say, oh, this guy is tough. Why could you do And you are going like outside externally. You look like they didn't care. But inside, your conscience is telling you, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. Even not the preacher, your conscience. There are a lot of people who are forcing preachers to say something different because of their conscience. Some people say, I don't want all this Christianity. I don't want. It's because of their conscience. They are afraid of the word of God. They are trying to run away as far as possible from God, from worship, true worship and the word of God because they do not want to come into uh, uh, into contact with what God has got to say. It it's really messes up their conscience. So they see this, it's like they, they suppress their conscience. They suppress the conscience that they don't even want to. It gets to a time your a, a person's conscience can be so suppressed. You are doing something that is wrong and you, you don't see anything wrong with it. But initially, you had the promptings. You can't go ahead with doing that. You can't go ahead and do this. You can't go ahead and do that. So co good conscience, you're working with God. It is based on a good, good conscience is important. Your good conscience, not only towards men, but towards God. So we all need good conscience, a certain type of living, a certain type of consciousness of God that must be inside us finding an expression First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9 First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9 see how it puts it it says that having the uh, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience with a pure conscience Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 says that I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. That means that I'm constantly concerned and conscious of God's presence with me and what I am supposed to do to the glory of God. It's a pure conscience. So I do everything with a pure conscience. Now, it's important in, in, in um, Romans chapter 9 verse 1. Listen to this. This is very important. Conscience is so much in your spirit. It, it's, this is what it says. I tell you the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. What is my conscience? But Romans eight sixteen says that the Spirit of God, bear the, of the Lord, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. So He said, my conscience bears witness. The Spirit, uh, 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 my conscience bear witness. And then it says that I'm telling the truth. My conscience bear witness with me. And it says that the spirit also bears witness. So the spirit works with our conscience in bearing witness in our inner man. So if you are working with God, you have to keep a good conscience. You, oh, listen to this. This is all I'm trying to say. Before God, you know what you are doing is right. 
You know what you are saying is right. The way you are behaving, the way you are going about things, the way you are reacting to what somebody said, what uh, someone you didn't like, and what you will forgive this. You are, as you are doing it, you know deep in your heart that you have a good conscience. What you are doing, you know it is right in the sight of God. You know, in fact, First Peter chapter 2, the same main chapter, First Peter chapter 2 verse 20, it says that uh, for what credit? What credit is it if when you are beating for your fault, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable. Some translations use acceptable. This is acceptable with God. King James said, Accept, it's acceptable with God. So keeping a good conscience is acceptable with God. So you have a clean conscience. Everything you are doing in your behavior, um, you are going here, you are going there, you are doing this. Everything you do, First Peter chapter three, verse twenty-one. First Peter chapter three, verse twenty-one talks about how um, there uh, there is also uh, this. Is all he's trying to say. I, I prefer NIV may say it in a simpler way. And this water, that's Noah. They went through the water. This water symbolizes what happened in the days of Noah is similar to what happens to us in baptism. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves us. So baptism saves you. It saves you also. But not from removing, uh, it doesn't save you from removing of death from your body. But the pledge of a good conscience towards God is important for your work with God. A pledge, the pledge of a good conscience is important towards your work with God. So when you hold, when you keep good conscience, when you hold good conscience, it's, it's the same as being conscious of God. You see what I'm saying? So being conscious of God keeps, makes you aware of your fellowship and intimate work with God, which, which is the same as holding good conscience. you you are, for he said, if a man for conscience towards God suffers wrongfully, for consciousness of God suffers wrongfully, you do well, and this is grace. So you can't talk about carries without good conscience. <laughs> you can't talk about carries, you can't talk about trustworthiness or thankworthiness or commend something being commendable. God gives an approval of this. Is you can't talk about this good behavior which all see that it silences, it silences foolishness. Bible said it. Bible says our well behavior, good behavior, carries silences foolishness of ignorant men. It's not ignorant men silence. It silences their foolishness. <laughs> it, they, that, they don't know you. But they are judging you. They are, they are castigating you. Simply because you are a Christian and you take a certain stand, they blast you in the media or social media or in their conversation or in their office. They attack you. They attack you. Try to eviscerate uh, you. Tear you apart. They, they don't like you. But as they are doing it, your, your good works which is produced from an intimate relation or consciousness of an intimate relationship you have with God, it will definitely produce something. But however, you can be a Christian and not manifest courage. Even though it's loaded into you, you can be a Christian and not manifest it. When you go, someone treats you 
in a wrong way, you show them what you can do. They don't know me. These people don't know me. They don't know what I'm... They want to see my true colors. You have other true colors? Your true colors should be the courage that has been worked in you, which should be found an expression. The grace, the workings of God in you, your consciousness towards God. Hey, it's your true colors as a believer. Pastor, let them treat us anyhow. Let them get away with a lot. They are getting away with a lot, a lot. Treating the pastor anyway, treating the pastor some way, getting away with it because what? The pastor's consciousness towards God cannot allow him to behave like an ordinary person would behave. It makes him behave in a way that is courage, that is good works, that is well behavior, that is acceptable to God, and that is that depicts a servant of God. Good works. So then the world look at us and we force them to see the work of God through our good works. They are forced. The world is forced. Whereas they speak evil of you by their by your good works. You will say, look at First Peter chapter 3, verse 16. First Peter chapter 3, verse 16. It, it says that having good conscience, you see the good conscience has appeared here again. Having good conscience that when uh, that when they defame you as evil doers. Who, who's, uh, who, uh, uh, sorry, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. You, your good conscience, in other words, your consciousness of God has a benefit. That's that's the that's why why carries. Why should I even con- concern myself or be concerned about a certain behavior that? I'm suffering for, I can't allow this to go on. Look at what he's doing. Look at what she's doing. Look at those, my cousin. I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to do this. Look at what he is. No. I mean, how can a Christian be fighting a police officer on the road? <laughs> how? And so, when you read very carefully, he, he broke down, he mentioned in chapter 12, sorry, in verse 12, having uh, your conversation on, uh, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they behold, glorify God in the day of his nation. Now, then he begins to tell us what we should do. So number one, submit. Submit to who? Submit to authority. We've taken time to go into that already and then to governance. Gov- uh, and then he says for verse 15, there is the will of God that through well-doing you will silence them. So submitting is all, it's well-doing. When you submit, submit. So you submit to silence them. Submit to silence them. Submit to silence them and then endure suffering to set an example. That's what this chapter is about. Submit to silence from this part of the chapter. Submit to silence. Submit to local authorities, governing authorities, authority, uh, domestic authorities. Submit. That means, as I said the other time, obey the laws set by man. Obey the laws set by man without disobeying God's law. But if obeying man's law means disobeying God's law, then disobey man's law. Obey man's law. But if obeying man's law means disobeying God's law, then disobey man's law. And don't disobey God's law. That's simply. So you live with a, a relative, your husband, your wife says that you can't pray, you can't be a Christian. If you're a Christian, I will hate you. I don't want you again. You can't be a Christian. Now, he's setting a certain law. You can't, you can't obey that one because you disobey God if you obey it. But God, it is well done. You do well and don't fight them. And say, I hate you. No, 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 no. 
All right. So now let, let's quickly pick, pick up on this and then I can. Verse, verse 16. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servant of God. All right. Verse, as I, I, I think I explained this in the previous teaching. Number, verse 17 says that I, I didn't get to honor all men, not only some people. Honor all men. Honor all men. Honor. In First Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 7, all men includes wives. Husband, honor. Giving honor unto the wife. Giving husband. Giving honor. The Christian husband who doesn't respect his wife is, is, is not living, is not exhibiting courage. You are not exhibiting grace. You have to respect. Honor here to come. Say, respect all men. Don't say, because this wife is not a Christian, Man, I don't respect you. I can't. Oh, please. You are a Christian and it is grace. It is courage to respect all men. In spite of their persuasion, in spite of their religion, respect them. Treat them with a certain level of dignity and honor. In spite of the way they treat you, we are supposed to treat all men, not some men, all men. Is there in your Bible? You see, he said, honor all men. All men, not only the pastor, <laughs> not only the king. Honor all men, not only Christian brothers. Honor all men. They said, love the brotherhood. In fact, honor all men also include honoring one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Let's honor one another. It says, in honor, preferring in honor, preferring one another. So if I'm with a Christian brother and with somebody and we are going somewhere, they offer a good seat, I should honor, oh, you sit down first. You, They offer food. You go to somewhere, they offer food. You want to take the best one first, you know. But you, you are with a, with a Christian brother. You are with a, as a brethren. This is what is said here in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. He said, honor, uh, in honor, preferring one another. The one another is amongst yourself so prefer one another so it becomes a problem when people are in a choir or in an usher uh, in the usher's team or in a department in church or in the same church and they can't stand each other and they are allogies they are arch enemies it is not courage it is not christian it is not christian behavior because honor in honor preferring it doesn't matter you let's leave that's okay if you say I'm lying, it's okay, it's okay. I, I won't have to hold it against them. Just let's leave it. This is not a big issue. A big issue. Let's leave it and move on. Honor. So husbands, honor your wife. Uh, Christians, honor one another. And look, that when it comes to honor again, um, so uh, 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 in Romans chapter 13, verse 17, give honor to whom honor is due. There are some people, honor is due them. The king, the church leader, your departmental leader. Okay, so we honor all the brethren, but we prefer one another. But there are some people who honor is due. It's like it's a, they are occupy a certain place of honor. You're, you're the, the leader of a nation, the prime minister, if you are in the United Kingdom, other places, the president, the vice president, the, you are in university, the chancellor or the vice chancellor, even in a classroom, your lecturers. Honor, honor, honor all men, love the brotherhood, Honor the king. There's a specific, the one who has been appointed to govern, honor the person, the king. So if it's your house, your mother is the king. Okay, I don't in that sense, okay. Let's say you live with your mom. She's the king. Honor her. Your father is the king in the house. Honor him. So assistant king is your mother. Chief king is your father. So you are, you are living with your parents. You don't respect anybody. In what way is this depicting bringing glory to God? In what way? Honor. So honor the king. Honor the king. 
Honor the king. So honor all men. That's respect all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. I almost how could I have left, the, left that. Fear God. Some people fear coronavirus more than they fear God. Some people fear prison more than they fear God. Some people fear being caught more than they fear God. Some people fear sickness. HIV or STD. STI. Some people fear sickness more than they fear God. Some people fear their wives more than they fear God. Some people fear their their bosses because they don't want to lose their job. You fear your boss more than you fear God. You fear your employer more than you fear God. How? But it's natural. It can can be like that. But you, the Christian, fear God. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28 talks about don't be afraid of the one who can destroy you but can't destroy your soul. Don't fear. Fear the one who can destroy both your soul. So do not fear those who kill your body. Whatever they will do to your body, no problem. God will help you. All right. Uh, but they can't touch your soul. They can't touch your soul. Fear God, my brother. Fear God. So it, it, this is all carries. What is carries? Carries means honor all men, respect all men. Everybody deserves. Children, respect children too. Respect your own children. Respect the, the, your grandchild. Respect that boy. You know, this is a, just a boy. This is a, respect him. This is just a girl. Respect her. Respect your emplo- uh, 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 employees. Respect your subordinates. Respect them. When you are, when if you are a Christian and you work in a company, and, and the other subordinate, if you are like in a senior role, the other subordinate must always say, "As for you, this one is different." In this company, the senior they don't respect anybody, but you is different. The, the the staff must know that you who is in senior management, you are very different because you respect them. Even if they say they disagree with your opinion, you treat them respectfully. Pastors, let's respect our congregants. Let's respect them. Sometimes the way we may speak to them, we, we might end up speaking like you died to save them. <laughs> so it's important that we, we, we do the fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. It's part of it. With all fear. With all fear. And this servant there is actually connoting slaves. Slaves, someone who has been bought and some of the masters are wicked and cruel. He said, just obey them. All right. So just obey them. So the New Living Translation uses the word slaves. Now, this was written in the times where people, uh, it, it, people had slaves. People could own slaves. And it wasn't outlawed internationally. It was okay. And people could own slaves. And those days, you can own a slave and everything. And some, if, can you imagine you are a slave who has been saved? And the Bible is telling you that, don't worry. You are being maltreated because, watch this, because of your faith. Sometimes slave, so if a slave is supposed to even, let me re- re- finish the text. It said, servant, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to those who, uh, 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 to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Give me a, new, uh, a different uh, NIV. Not only to the good, but also to those who are harsh. He says, do, do, submit yourself to them. Because that's, 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 your, so it's like your boss at work. Yeah. Your boss at work. Your father at home, your mother at home, your your lecturer at, at uni, your teachers at school, your governors in a in a community, wherever you find yourself. He said, submit yourself to them. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but to those who are even harsh as well. Submit yourself to them. This is all part of the well-doing. Well-doing. We have if we are not careful, we will live like unbelievers and expect blessings because we are believers. <laughs> we, we, we are a caris. 
Acarish, no grace manifesting. When I say grace in this sense, the workings of God which, which is manifesting in your behavior. It's not manifesting, we, we can't be bothered, but we expect, I am God, and God is blessing me. And especially those of us who speak in tongues, we believe that tongue talking summarizes the, the quality of Christianity. As you speak in tongues, you are a good Christian, please. <laughs> does that mean speaking in tongues is not right? No, that's not what I said. I said speaking in tongues doesn't mean there are people who are speaking in tongues but very obnoxious, annoying. They are cantankerous. You 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 step on their toe, they will fight you. They are cantankerous. They are quarrelsome. They are you know arrogant and you can't be bothered. No 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 no. There is there is this uh, command instructions that let that grace that has been worked in you live it out. And that is called caris. That is called the grace. And it's acceptable. Even if it means you are suffering, you are going through what is not right. What is uh, uh, not right, you know, it's like, it's like, no, it's not right for you to do that. That's not fair. That's not fair. No, it's not fair. Don't push it. If pushing it will, will mean you are not exhibiting grace. Leave it. Leave it. If it means you are not exhibiting grace, leave it. But if pushing it doesn't flout your exhibiting grace and demonstrating goodness, then you can try and put things right. Let's say in a debate, you are trying to make a point. You know? But if the person starts cursing and swearing, and he says, you are swearing, you don't know me, I can swear more than you, then you also begin, let me swear to him, because the Bible says, answer a fool according to his folly. So you also begin to, no, 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 no. You are, you've moved out of courage. Because Caris says that honor all men, whether they honor you or not, respect them. And then uh, servants be, be subject to your masters with, with fear. So those days, so this is as the servants, as I said, is, is slaves. All right, slaves, be subject to your masters. So even if slaves should be subject to harsh masters, then how much more employers and employees? You have been employed and your boss is funny. Don't worry, yeah. just finish and go home and do things right. Just do things right. Right. Just do things right. So that's what it means. Be subject. It's just your boss. You can't you can't behave like that. All right. And uh, it's it's sad that some Christians are easily sacked from a workplace because of arrogance and disrespect. They don't respect anybody. But watch this. It's not about the arrogance. He says that if you are sacked because of your arrogance, it doesn't bring glory for it's verse 20. Verse 20. It says that for what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your fault, it's your fault. You, you take it patiently. You are supposed to take it because of your fault. But he said, on the other hand, if when you do well and suffer for it, take it patiently, this is acceptable. So this is what we are talking about, grace. Where you didn't behave like the way everybody behaves. You have the right to behave in a certain way. But because it doesn't, it, it's not in consistence with consciousness of God, you you abstain from behaving that way. He said, that is grace. That is grace. That is grace. That is grace. And be, especially, this was written to believers who are suffering under the tyrannical rule of leaders. They are leaders, not because the leaders are just bad, but because they are Christians. So you are suffering for your Christian stance, your Christian testimony at the company. They just hate you simply because, not because you do something wrong, but simply because you're a Christian. They are marginalizing you, like what's happening in certain universities. They are marginalizing you in certain communities. They are marginalizing you in certain families, in certain places, in certain nations. Just the fact that you are Christian means that you are subject to more treatment and uh, they have found a way around the law to make it. What's wrong with that? And judges will not even speak on your behalf because the judges themselves, they don't like you. 
He says that when you suffer for doing right, and is that this is talking about suffering as a Christian. First Peter chapter three, verse fourteen. Time will not permit me. First Peter chapter three, verse fourteen. That one says, but if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you? Do you see that? Happy. Verse fifteen. Look at verse fifteen. Look at verse fifteen. But sanctify the Lord in your heart and be ready to answer everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. This is talking about Christian. Look at verse sixteen quickly. Look at verse sixteen. Having a good conscience, whereas they speak evil of you, they will uh, uh, they will be ashamed as they falsely accuse. This is talking about Christian. Look at verse seventeen. Quick. Look at verse seventeen. For it is better if the uh, uh, if the will of God be to suffer for doing well. Did you see that you are be a believer, behaving like a believer, and they don't like you, but you just ignore it and keep going. Keep going. This is said, it is acceptable with God. It's the will of God. Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says that, For Christ has suffered for us, uh, uh, has suffered once for sins, the just for the just, that he might bring us to God. So Christ's suffering brings us to God. Our suffering, our suffering uh, 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 brings God to man. When you suffer in a certain way, so your suffering is not saving people, but your suffering is revealed, bring, bringing glory to God, as a matter of fact. Is bringing glory, showing that God is in you. So when Christ suffered, he suffered to bring people to man, to God. But when we suffer as Christians, we suffer to glorify God, for men to see the glory of God. So uh, that is what this whole carries is about, that is acceptable if for conscience sake you go through this. Um, now, so uh, let's, let me just quickly end by talking about what is carries. Why carries then? So why should I go through what are the benefits of this courage thing? Look, look, the way they are treating me, I'll fight back. But fighting back means losing your testimony. Fighting back means doing something that doesn't glorify God. Fight, fighting back means that... Uh, I'm not saying... Watch this, please. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying fighting back is a wrong thing. I'm saying fighting back is not good as if, if it doesn't glorify God. If... Your, your conscience towards God, your consciousness of God. Let's say um, you are just on the road. Someone comes to push you. You say, why did you push me? Why did you push me? And you say, I will hit you. And you try to fight back. Don't hit me. That, that's not wrong. You block him. You stop You stop that from happening or anything. Or someone wants to uh, do something to your brother, your sister, your child. You, you push him away and maybe hold your hands back, tie their hands back for the police to come and arrest them. That's that's not what I'm talking about. That's not anything. But you, somebody said you. Maybe you, you you are driving. Someone crosses you, and the, and you say, why did you cross me? And the person swears at you. Then you also start swearing. A believer, a believer, believer starts swearing because the other Christians are not around you. So you are swearing. Your your husband cheats on you, so you decide me too. I'm going to cheat on him. You know, if we, I can't be quiet like that, the way he's treating me, let me also find a way of doing my own thing, sorting my own self out. You know. Um, why they they, they they are lying against me and putting okay me too i'll lie and put you on them you see so you, you you and you can lie better than them you can lie and go get away with it and they'll be more in trouble but you look at yourself and you know no, I, I for conscience towards god i can't lie that means you're going to suffer yeah if you suffer for that conscience towards god he said that is carries eventually people will see your good works and give god the praise so why 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 carries I have five points quickly. Number one, according to First Peter chapter two verse twelve. Let's look at it again. Two verse twelve. Why carries two verse twelve? First Peter two verse twelve. It says that having your conversation honest amongst the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil, as uh, they speak against you as evil, uh, evil doers, they may by your good works, which they behold, do what 
glorify God. It brings God glory. Let your light shine before men. So when you do carries, when you live carries, why you should do it? The benefit, it brings glory to God. Okay, verse, look at verse 20. Verse 20. Verse 20 says that, for what glory is it if you? That means that if you don't suffer for your fault, but you suffer for doing right, it said it brings glory to God. There is a glory in it for God. It brings glory to God. The Bible says that the glory of God rests upon you. In, in uh, chapter 3, uh, chapter 4 as well, it talks about if you suffer as a, chapter 4 verse 14, if you suffer as a Christian, chapter 4 verse 14, if you suffer as a Christian, so this is, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory of uh, and of God rests on you. There's glory that also rests on There is something of God that rests on you. On your part is evil speaking, but but uh, on uh, on uh, on uh, on their part is evil speaking, but on your part he is glorified. Did you see that? So this is more suffering as a Christian. I'm not talking about general suffering in life. You know, some suffering you have to avoid it. Let's say if you are entitled to um, allowance or something, and they don't want to give you any part of your, you can you can you can push for it. No, you can push for it. You, you, you can't even, someone is trying to take your land. The land is yours. They are trying to take it by force. You can sue them in court. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with suing them in court. They're fighting your case in court the right way or the legal way. All right. So that, that's different from when you are suffering as a Christian. You fight in court and the, the judge knows you're a Christian. And because of that, they said they won't allow you to adopt a child. We won't allow you to go. On. They, you can see they are just persecuting you because of your Christian stance. He says, the glory rests on you. Glory, the glory rests on you when that happens. He says that the uh, the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Alright, let's move on. So number one, it glorifies God, it brings glory. Okay, so when, why carries? When we demonstrate carries, that means well behavior, behaving well, serving God, doing well, doing good, well be uh, well doing it glorifies god it brings glory to bear number two it silences the ignorance of foolish men you remember uh, verse 15 chapter 2 verse 15 that by well doing you will silence the ignorance so for so is the will of god that with well doing you silence the so with caris that's caris with caris with grace with thankworthiness you silence the foolishness, or the, sorry, the ignorance of foolish men. Sorry, you silence their ignorance. Yeah, the other time I said the ignorance of foolish men. Sorry, it's the, the, I said the foolishness of ignorance. But you silence their ignorance. The ignorance of foolish men. You silence the ignorance. Give us the New King James. You, you silence the by doing that, you put to silence. So you put to silence, not only silence, but you actually shame them. In chapter 3, verse 16, you, you, the world, they, they will be ashamed. Those who revile you, who revile you. It says that, Gushen, that they, when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile you, uh, uh, revile your good conduct in Christ, may be ashamed. So the good conduct will silence them and put them to shame. The same thing. Silence them. So when you are ashamed, you be, you end up being quiet. You know, silence. How does it do? By putting them to shame. So number two, why carries? Number one, it brings glory to bear. Number two, silences, silences the ignorance of uh, foolish men. Number three, it 
uh, against the accept approval of God. Verse 20. Bible says that this is acceptable with God. This is acceptable with God. God gives you thumbs up. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my girl. She's doing the right thing. She's doing the right thing. Someone tried to, to use her body to take her potential husband. He's not worth you marrying him. Let him go. So, and then she said, you know, me, I, I can even use my body stronger, but I won't do that because it's not, it doesn't glorify God. They are using their body to marginalize me, but I won't do it because I won't use it to snatch a man. You understand? It's like God, God said, that's my girl. You're doing well. You're doing well. You're doing well. God gives you thumbs up. It brings the approval of God. And then number number four, it's, I like number four, First Peter chapter four, verse 19. First Peter chapter four, verse 19. A very good point. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter, uh, wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls. Did you see that? They can't touch your soul when they are attacking you. But God will keep your soul because they can't touch it. How do you commit it to God? In well-doing. When you are doing well, you are committing the keeping of your soul to God. You are actually getting God to defend you. Yeah. You get God to protect, to defend, and keep you. It doesn't matter what they do. If you don't follow that, you don't go to you, and you stay on courage. Why courage? You commit your soul to the keeping of God. God will keep you. God will keep you. I see God keeping you because you are taking a stand and suffering for his name. He will keep you and doing what is right. He will keep you. So, God, you commit your soul. Once you do right, you do well, you commit your soul. He said, by, put the scripture on the screen again. It says that by, um, commit the keeping of their soul to him, to God. In well doing, as a faithful creator, he is faithful. When you do well, he's faithful. So how do you commit your soul to, uh, the keeping of your soul to him, doing well? And then the last point, Galatians chapter um, 6, verse 9 and 10, as I said earlier on. Um, let's, the last point is, so the fourth point is you commit your soul, you commit your soul, the, or the keeping of your soul to God. You commit your soul to God. And then point number five, um, let us not be worrying, well-doing. Ah, see the well-doing, don't be tired though. Don't stop it. Don't be wary of well-doing. Why? For in due season, you, your season will not pass you by. You will reap. You will reap if you don't stop it. So it's, it brings you, Bible says, it brings forth his fruit in a season. You will become seasonal. There's no blessing of God, seasonal blessing of God that will miss you because well, you, are, you are expressing courage. You will express courage in the name of Jesus. So why courage? Number one, uh, it brings glory to bear. Number two, it silences the ignorance of foolish men. Number three, it, uh, uh, the, uh, it's an approved conduct or acceptable with God. It's an approved, the, the will of God. So, approved conduct. So, uh, number three is approved conduct. It's acceptable with God. And then number four, you commit your soul, uh, the keeping of your soul to God. And then number five, you bring forth fruit in your season. You will not miss out in life. You'll be fruitful in life and you'll succeed in life. You will not fail in life in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.